Come on, can we give it up for Jesus in this house? Listen, um, I am super excited. I have a special announcement for us today because it is official. Isaiah has conceded his spot as the best looking guy in this church. After this haircut, he has said, Pastor Rowe, you are officially the number one best looking guy in this church. I think I agree after that haircut. Uh, <clears throat> last week, I was a pastor with a man bun. This week, I'm just a pastor. All right, I'm still dealing with the identity crisis. But I'm excited because it is our Vision Builders Sunday. And uh, this is a time that we come together as a church to kind of hit the pause button. And we've decided that on the fifth Sunday of any month, any time that there's a fifth Sunday, which happens maybe about three or four times in the year, we take the fifth Sunday and we're going to dedicate it to the vision of this house. Now, we call it Vision Builder Sunday, which is a lot different from Vision Sunday. Vision Sunday, once a year, we hear the vision of our church. But what Vision Builder Sunday is, I want to communicate it like this. It's the time that we gotta, we're going to just pause for a second and reflect on what God has already said. Does that make sense? Like, uh, how many people are looking, anybody here that's looking to, to have a wedding one day? Are single, come on, look at this. Come on, this is single folk. This is your time, right? Like, like Vision Sunday is like the wedding. Vision Builder Sunday is working on the marriage. That, that was, I'm going to say that again, even though you had an amen there. Vision Sunday is like the wedding. How many know that the wedding is important? Two are becoming one. They're coming together. But we're not just here to have, celebrate weddings after weddings after weddings. We're here to work on the marriage. Amen? Amen. And so that's what Vision Builders Sunday is. It's us coming together. We don't believe that God has given us this like, just kind of like we're going to pick up and, and play pickup basketball. God has called us to be on a team and to serve with each other and serve one another. And what we've laid out for our vision is that we're believing that God is going to supply for us and provide for us a property. And I've been looking at some properties already and I'm excited um, because I believe that God's going to make that happen. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to the day that we can walk into our very own building and allow, I think that will allow us to be a church all over this city. Amen? Amen? And so this is a little bit of a different Sunday, and I asked the Lord, what is it that you want me to share with our church community? What is it that you want me to share? And I really believe he brought me over to Luke chapter 8 to talk about vision builders Sunday and in Luke chapter 8 what you'll see is that you'll see a farmer who has seed and in context that seed represents the word of God but what he said he was like I want you to look at this parable a little bit different and I want you to look at the seed as vision and vision is a message from God is what God has outlined for your life and what I realize is that there's so many parallels between God's word and vision because oftentimes vision actually works like God's word does. What do I mean? That the Bible says that the word of God is like a seed. Now watch this. It's being scattered abroad, but it falls on four different kinds of ground. Can I tell you vision is exactly the same way. Like vision is being casted. Vision is being shared. But oftentimes it falls on different kind of ground and different kind of soil. And this is where we pick up here in Luke chapter 8. By the way, I want to give the Marquezes a shout out who are in the building once again with baby Caleb. I'm so glad to have them uh, back here with us. And in verse 4, it says, One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable. And he says this. He says, A farmer went out to plant his seed as he scattered across his field. Some seed fell on the footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Others, other seed fell among the rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for a lack of moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns and, and it grew up with it and it choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. Everybody shout fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much at, as it had been planted. When he had said this, he called anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. 
Now, this is, the, this is the parable that he shares, but then now he gives the explanation. And look what he says in verse 11. It says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message. Only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts. Have you ever received a word from God and like the moment you received it, like the enemy's trying to steal it from you? Have you ever got a word from God? I mean, uh, you get a word from God and all of a sudden you walk out these doors and there's something trying to make you doubt the word of God that you just received. He goes, then there's this seed that fell on rocky soil and it represents those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by their cares and riches and pleasures of life, and so they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. My title to our message today is simply this, Good Ground for good vision good ground for good vision look at the person next to you tell them good ground for good vision can you bow your heads and pray with me heavenly father we just thank you god for what you're doing in our church we thank you that you're going to speak to us today in the next 40 minutes lord god i pray that our heart today would be good ground for the vision that you have good ground for the vision you have in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody in this room says, can you give God a shout of praise in this room? Um, I want to tell you a story about this interaction I had a few years ago about, uh, with a man that came up to me and he was asking me for some change. He was asking me for some money. And, you know, this is something that it kind of like softens up my heart because oftentimes anybody that comes to me and asks me for money, what I do is I say, hey, what do you need the money for? And oftentimes they'll need it for something to eat, or maybe they want a cup of coffee to keep them warm, maybe they want some clothes, or they maybe, maybe some gloves to keep them warm. And, and what I've done, instead of giving money, and usually, to be honest, I don't carry any money, so if you try to rob me, all you get was a, some cards, you know what I'm saying? Um, I never carry any cash. And so I, I offer to buy some food, or I offer to buy whatever they need. And, and in a couple of interactions, I remember, I'll never forget it, there was, there was one time, I've had some weird interactions. One time, somebody came up to me and they said, please, can you give me money? Because I'm hungry. And in my hand, oh my God, I had this, my favorite hero. And I'm like, can you give me money? Because I'm hungry. And I was like, I don't have cash, but you can take my hero. And the person took my hero. And that's pretty cool, but except that we got out the train and I started kind of walking in the same direction she was walking, only to see her grab my hero and throw it in the garbage. I'm, I'm still healing from that. I'm still, I'm still healing. But, I've had, but many times I've been able to take somebody out and give them some food. And even at times, like, we'll eat pizza together. Or at times, I'll just get them a cup of coffee and say, hey, man, bless you. And use that opportunity to, man, pray for them or share God's love with them. And this one time, nothing different. Someone came up to me. I was pumping gas in my car. And someone came up to me, kind of ran up on me. Uh, and Lisa's word started playing me close. Came up on me. And they were like, hey, can you give me some money? I need some food. I'm hungry. And I said, okay. I don't have food, but I can, no, I'm looking to get some mozzarella sticks. I was like, this guy's specific. <laughs> He's like, yeah, man, I'm looking for some mozzarella sticks. And I said, listen, I, I don't have any cash on me, but what I can do is that right there, across the street from the gas station, there's a deli, and I'm going to take you to that deli, and they serve one of the best wings that you'll ever taste. If you want some quesadillas, we'll get you some quesadillas. If you want a sandwich, we'll get you a sandwich. He's like, no, 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 I want some mozzarella sticks. I was like, you know what? I think they actually have mozzarella sticks, too. To which they say, nah, I want these mozzarella sticks from this Chinese food spot in Stapleton. And I'm like, first of all, if there's a Chinese spot in Stapleton that serves mozzarella sticks, please send me that info. And at one point, I kind of started calling his bluff, and I was just like, all right, so tell me where it's at, and I'll go get it for you and bring it to you right here. Matter of fact, you can get in the car, and I'll, I'll go get it for you. And he was like... He looked at me downcast and he was like, 
forget it. And I use that as an opportunity to ask him a question. And at that point, I just, I'm just like, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do right here? And, he, and, I, and I say, hey, man, what's your name? And he was a young guy. He was a younger guy. And I was like, what's your name? He goes, my name is Chris. And I said, how old are you? He says, I'm about 30. He says, I'm 30 years old. And at that time, I'm around 31. So it was probably like last year. You get that on the way home. Anyway, um, I, I, I was about maybe 31 years old. And, and I look at him and I said, let me ask you a question, Chris. I said, if you can go back and speak to 20-year-old Chris, if you can go on a time machine right now and you can go back and speak to 20-year-old Chris, would you, be, would you be willing to tell him something that will change his life and you'll be in a different place today? Would you do that? He goes, man. He goes, what would I give to do that, to go back and to speak to 20-year-old me and give him advice so I won't be here today? And I said, you do that? He goes, yes, I wish I'd had an opportunity. And I said, well, let me tell you, let me say it to you this way. There's a 40-year-old Chris that is looking back at you right now and is saying, Chris, I beg you, change something today so that 10 years from now, you won't be in the same place you are today. To which he said, man, that's deep. (laughs) And I was able to provide him some resources and get get him a little help. And and my message to Chris that day was, listen, what what you are reaping today is directly connected to the seeds you were sowing yesterday. What you are reaping today, the harvest that you are receiving today is directly connected to the seeds you were sowing in your past, which is to say that if you want to see a different harvest 10 years from now, you have to change what you are doing today. If you want to see a difference 10 years from now, what you do today matters. And what we have seen in this church 10 years ago, we began this church. And what people began to do is that they began to sow into the unseen, sow into the invisible. They did something yesterday that we are reaping today. As a matter of fact, there's many of us today that are walking into what people once were believing for 10 years ago. There's so many of us today that we are walking into the manifestation of some prayers that began 10 years ago. There's some of, it, of, of us here that are walking into some, some, some prayers, some worship and some seeking and some planning and some believing that was taking place 10 years ago. But here's what I pray for today, that today that there's some people that will rise up and say, because I made a difference today, there's going to be a family that is saved 10 years ago because I sowed today there's going to be life transformed 10 years from now because I walked in purpose today there's going to be a kid that is not even in existence right now that's going to somehow walk in his purpose 10 years from now what you do today impacts the harvest you reap tomorrow it impacts the harvest we will reap in the future And this is where I want to talk to you about when God shares vision, when God deposits his word, when God wants to share with you his heart. See, oftentimes what God does is that he just shares his heart and where it lands, it lands. But you also see it land on so many different kinds and different types of soil. You know, it'll, it, we all come from different walks of life. We all come from different places. We all come from different mindsets. And, but it's the same vision. It's just landing on different kinds of ground. And I don't know about you, but in 2023, I want to be good, good ground for God's vision. Amen. I want to be good ground for God's vision. And oftentimes, it's not the vision that has the problem. Oftentimes, what depicts the vision being manifested is the ground that it lands on. What depicts, what, what, what makes the difference, it's not that the problem is in the word that God is releasing. Oftentimes, it's in the soil that it's landing And the Bible says that there are four different kinds of ground. 
And this is the first one. Let me give it to you. It's the ground of the footpath. Someone shout footpath. footpath. Look what it says. It says, the footpath is where it was stepped on. The footpath is, is, is where the birds had access to it. Now, he gives the revelation of this. He gives the interpretation. He says, this, this footpath represents those who hear the message only to have the devil come and steal the word from their hearts and prevent them from believing. Did, did, you, did you see what happened? See, like God is sharing the vision, but the moment, the moment you begin to hear that vision, the enemy starts trying to intercept what you're hearing. See, God is sharing the vision, but the moment that vision is being casted, the moment that vision is being shared, oftentimes what the enemy does is that he begins to plant seeds of doubt in your heart and in your soul and in your mind only so that you won't what? So that you won't believe in what God has called you to do. See, they heard, they heard the message, but look at what it says. It says they heard the message only to have the devil come and steal the word from their hearts that prevents them from truly believing in the word. See, this vision, this footpath is doubtful ground. Everybody shout doubtful ground. And, and this is where the enemy's like, oh, yeah, of course, it's an amazing vision. You got an awesome vision. But I mean, you know, it's going to have to cost you something. Like, that's an awesome vision. But I mean, are you going to be willing to go to church on Sundays? That's an awesome vision, but are you going to be willing to be sharpened and corrected and developed? Like, are you going to be, like, really? Like, you're, you got you think God's going to use you? That's an amazing vision, but you think that oh, there's way more people that are qualified than you. And what the enemy does is that he begins to place doubt in your mind. And here's what the, this is another thing that the enemy does. The enemy is a master at making what God intends to be a blessing for you seem like a burden to you. The enemy, listen to me clearly, church. The enemy's a master at making what God intends to be a blessing for you seem like a burden to you. Oh yeah, of course you're going to have an amazing vision, but you're going to have to give up your Sundays. You're going to have to give up some finances. You're going to have to give up your ice lattes and Dunkin' Donuts for $650. You, you're you're, you're, you're going to have to give up some things. And the thing that God is saying, listen, for my kingdom, anything you give up pales in comparison to what I have in store for you. And so the enemy just crowds our minds with doubt, like you're not good enough, you can't make it. He keeps you in that discouraged ground. I don't know if you've been there, but I've been in that place where the, end, the God gives me a word and the enemy just wants you to remain in doubt. And you're in this place of second guessing everything because you're in this place of doubt. God says, God says that he's called you to do wonderful works and you're just like, I don't know if I can because the enemy constantly telling me that I'm not good enough, that I'm not worthy. And I just came to silence the enemy's voice here today so that anytime he can come and say that you're not worthy, that you remind them that Jesus Christ died on the cross to 2,000 years ago to make you worthy that when he says you don't have a purpose and someone else is qualified that you will say that before I was formed in the womb of my mother he called me and predestined me for greatness it's, a, it's, it's, the, it's the footpath I want you to imagine a footpath now I want you to imagine the second kind of soil which is the rocky soil the rocky ground and look how Jesus explains the rocky ground. See, the rocky ground, it begins to grow, but the plant soon, soon wilted and died for a lack of moisture. Now, look how he explains the revelation of that. He says, the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they believe it for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. See, this is often two types of groups. This is often a group that gets excited for the vision. You ever been there? You know what I'm talking about? You have the first January 1st anointing. 
You know what I'm talking about. You have the January 1st anointing. Like, it's like, oh, yes, this is awesome. New year, new me. Everything's going to change. This is going to be my year. I'm going to cop. This is like, you got the vision. And as soon as you hear the bump in the road, or as soon as that chocolate fudge cheesecake <laughs> comes knocking on your door, I promise you, I promise you I was working one time. I promise you I was working some time, one time. And I said, I will, I'm going to cut out sugar from my life. It was like January 2nd-ish. And, and I was at work at the time, and someone came, and look, and I said, I'm not going to eat no junk food. I'm not going to eat no cake. And someone came to me with a cake already sliced. It was already sliced. And they didn't say, do you want cake? They said, hey, this is your cake. It already had my name on it. <laughs> and and what I, what I want to explain that this is oftentimes the distracted ground. This is distracted ground. This is like, I'm excited about the vision. See, the Bible says that they, they received the seed. They received the seed, but, but the, the belief was too shallow. See, so they believed at the beginning. They got excited at the beginning. They were thrilled at the beginning. But, but here's what happens with the Here's what happens with the distracted ground. They have a lot of inspiration, but oftentimes we lack dedication. Oh, oh it's all, oh, we can't wait to do it. That's why I love, like, you know, you know, it's like, we can't wait to do it. This is awesome. But the moment it's going to require some kind of dedication, you realize that the belief was shallow. And this is not to cast judgment. This is for us to kind of like, Oh, wow, like, I've been in that place, not just in the vision of our church. I've been in that place in my marriage. I've been in that place in my, in my work area. I've been in that place where I'm excited, but I'm realizing the very thing that I want to do, I don't do. Because once the motivation goes away, once the inspiration goes away, you're going to need some dedication to see that vision come to pass. And what he's saying is that when that seed falls on the rocky soil, these are the kinds of hearts and this is the kind of ground that they receive it and they welcome it. And at first it's like, man, this is awesome. I love, I love, I be, I'm believing that Kuhau is going to have a building. Hey, we're looking to raise $200,000. Man, that's awesome. God's going to send a bird that write a check. And it's going to land on the top of the roof. And you're going to go get. See, the moment it cost us something. And this is the kind of heart that often wants to enjoy but never be deployed. You, 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 know, what I'm, like, you know what I'm talking about? You, it's the hotel anointing. I'm talking about all kinds of anointings today. You know, you know, like you ever, you ever went on vacation mode? Like I love the hotel anointing. You know why? Because I take my towel and I just drop it right there. <laughs> you know why? Because when I leave and I come back, I know someone else is going to pick it up. I love it. I just, I don't have to do the bed. I come back and the bed is already made. Look at this. Why? Because we have this mentality. Yeah, someone else will do it. I'm talking about vision, church. Someone else will do it. Yeah, that. Maylene will do it. Jonathan will do it. Yvette will do it. Someone, someone else will do it. That's for them. And we, we remain in the ground of spectating but not participating. I have spit like six bars today. I don't even know where it's coming from. Maybe the man bun went away and brought back the rapper. Let me stop. <laughs> We're in this place. Man, that wasn't that funny, right, man? Maybe sometimes we're in this place where God is calling us to be good ground, and the difference maker is, is that we would take a step towards participating. 
And, and, um, and so often, what the Bible depicts as temptation is not what you think it is. See, we oftentimes see temptation as these like epic monumental sins. Because it says that the, the rocky soil, what it represents is that people that are distracted and that are lured in by temptation. And what you think temptation, like temptation is not like these, this, this call for these epic monumental sins. That's not what temptation is. I want you to look at temptation as this gravitational pull that is inching you away little by little from what God has called you to do. That's what temptation is. Because it, like the enemy knows that he's not going to get you with certain things anymore. Come on, somebody. The enemy knows he can't get you with that, but what, but what he can do is that he can, he, can, he, can, he can try to speak to you in your garden of Gethsemane and have you thinking, maybe I should give my cup to somebody else. See, Jesus' greatest temptation was not for him to commit adultery. It was not for him to lie. It was not for him to murder. Jesus' greatest temptation was in the moment of weakness for him to give up his cup. Pass this cup, if you will. That was his greatest temptation. Let me tell you, your greatest temptation will not be you watching rated R movies. Your greatest temptation would be you taking the breadcrumbs of the enemy that inches you away from your purpose and your calling. Someone shout distraction. He tries to distract you, distract you but Jesus said... Not my will. Your will be done. You want to see a sure sign of maturity? Not my will. But your will be done. When they're cursing at you, not my will. But your will be done. When you're going through a difficult challenge, not my will. But your will be done. When you are staying up late at night and Halle Berry slides into your DMs, not my will. But your will be done. When Lisa and I are fighting and Jason Momoa slides into her DMs. Not my will, but your will be done. Let me, let me talk to you about the thorns really quick. I want to talk to you about the thorns. Because here's what I, I really believe I came to speak to you. See, I think that we have the footpath. And this is often the doubtful ground where doubt has embedded our hearts. We, are, we have seen the, the rocky path where, where we're just distracted and things appeal to us and pull us away from what God's vision for our life is. But I, I think most of God's children are in this place of thorny ground. That's, that's what I genuinely believe. I believe... That what I came to speak to today are the people that are in thorny ground. And if this message was for you, amen. And, I, and I, if you're in the footpath and, and maybe you're in the rocky soil, your heart's been in that place. I, I, I just feel like my message is really for the thorny ground. Because here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that the seed fell among the thorns and they grew up with it. This is powerful. How is it that God's vision... Yet the thorns are growing up simultaneously of you growing spiritually. See, because some of the things that are holding us back are the things that we grew up with. See, some of the things that are holding us back are the, are the things that, that, see, the reason that you, see, your desires are different from mine, but your desires are different from mine. You know why? Because of what you grew up with. So we all got thorns. We just got different kind of thorns. Don't look at the person next to you. It's not the time. <laughs> it says the seed fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message. But watch this. But all too quickly, the message crowded out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life. And watch. So they never grew into maturity. And so I want to talk to you who are in the thorny ground because here's what happens you're in this place where you believe God's vision. God's vision has been implanted in your heart. Another translation says that when the fruit began to develop, the thorns crowned it out the fruit. Wow. 
And you're in this place in your relationship with God where you're like, man, I feel like I know God's vision for me. I feel like I believe in God's vision for me. But every time I feel like I'm taking a step ahead, every time I feel like I'm starting to develop, every time I start seeing some fruit hang from my branches, something keeps me stuck. Have you ever felt stuck? And if you've never felt stuck, maybe you should be in Kuhau Kids. Because if you've lived long enough and you've dealt with some things and if you wanted to walk in God's fullness for you, I know that there's been times in your life where you have felt stuck. You've been in this place. It's like, why is it that I can't develop fruit? Why is it that I can't manifest this harvest that God wants from me? I believe in it. I know it. I trust in him. But these thorns get in my way. And I'm struggling with it just crowding out what God wants to do in my life. And, and here's, here's what I believe the Holy Spirit was showing me today as we, as we have this progression in our relationship and in our walk with God. And, and please know that this, is, this doesn't change the way God sees you in any way. I want you to know that God loves you no matter who you are, no matter where you are, and no matter what stage you are in in life. That doesn't change God's heart for you. What we're talking about is allowing God's love to change our heart so that we can love God. And so that we can reciprocate that love right back to God. And so, and so what happens, what I see oftentimes is that we, we're in this place and maybe at times the enemy was just stealing whatever God deposited in your heart. Every time that God gave you a word, you walk outside and somehow the enemy snatched it up. Every time you felt blessed, somehow the enemy snatched it up. And maybe you're at a place where you were like, you're, you're, you, you were at a place where it's like, yeah, everybody else will do it, but now it's my time to do it. Now it's my time to step up. Now I'm going to step into what God has for me. And now you're in this place where like, okay, I believe in the vision. I know that God has for me. I know that it's going to happen. But, but every time I feel like I'm taking a step forward, it's like something makes me take three steps back. And, and here's what I think it is, is because as we're progressing and as we're growing and as we're, 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 we're going from um, being born again to now taking our first steps and now from walking to, to running, there's a lot of encouragement that goes with that. And so you, you, you come to church and, and then you start serving and then you start giving of yourself and you start getting a lot of applause. You start getting a lot of encouragement. But I promise you, listen to me very carefully. Listen to me. This is what keeps us stuck. Listen to me carefully. There's going to be a time where you have to decide, are you going to do it for recognition? Or are you going to do it because you got the revelation of God's vision in your heart? Whew. I promise you. Listen, if you haven't been there yet. I promise you that when you get to this place of, hey, how come I'm not appreciated enough? That's God serving you the dish of saying, are you going to walk in maturity or are you still going to look for the applause? Oh, you, if you're a parent, you know this. Parents, you know. Because if you're a parent, you know, every three weeks, it's not like you're going to get a thank you card for being the most amazing parent in the world. Like, you know, you know exactly. Right, being a parent, why? Because, see, the reason I'm faithful to my kids is not because they reciprocate my love. The reason I'm faithful to my kids is because I got the revelation of being a loving father. See, and I know that I serve my kids, and I know that I'm a father to my kids, not because of appreciation, it's because I'm called to do it. And sometimes we're in this place of this, see, oh, let me reveal it to you. It's the discouragement ground. See, because if the enemy can't fill you with doubt and the enemy can't distract you, he'll discourage you. See, some of us are not distracted. You're just discouraged. See, some of us are not filled with doubt. We're just discouraged. And I can't tell you how many of God's children live amongst the thorns. We live somewhere in between the fertile soil and the thorns. And it keeps crowding out the fruit that God wants to produce in our lives. 
And so we see this. This is called the discouraged ground. And these are the things that God wants to deal with our heart. He wants to deal with these areas in our heart where we're realizing like, like there are some things in this area that God wants you to get over. Like I, know, I remember when Selah was, Selah was I think 11 months when she started walking. She came out like her father, a genius. <laughs> and you know what I did? Danny Ray? I applauded her. I said, say, this is, I said, say, say, come to daddy, come to daddy, come to daddy, come to daddy. And we look like, you know, morons and just like, come to daddy, come to daddy. Like, yeah, 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 baby, yes. And then when she started running, let's, let's take it back further. When Selah tumbled over, when she was able to roll and roll back, and then she was able to crawl. I remember when Bishop began to crawl. He had the one leg crawl. Like he had his leg stick out and he just do this. And you know what I would do? I would encourage him. Yeah, Bobby, let's go. He's moving. He's walking. He's crawling. He's running. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Bobby. That's awesome. But you know, the thing that you were once praised for now is expected of you. Not because there's no gratitude for it. It's because God is expecting you to develop more. And I always say this. I say this to even some of our, our students. I say, I say, listen, when you get promoted from being a white belt to a blue belt, you go from being the best white belt to being the worst blue belt. And sometimes we want to remain as the best white belts. Because being the best white belts, you're tapping out all the other white belts. And you're the best one. You're getting applauded. But how many know, how many know that if, if Bishop was walking, I'm like, yes, Bishop. you. And some of us want to be applauded for what we developed five years ago. And God is saying, you got to get over that. I remember somebody came up to me and they were kind of dealing with, and they've been in church for a, a while. And they, they came up to me and they're like, I was like, man, you're 30 minutes late, bro. And I had enough rapport to have this conversation with me with them. By the way, if I have enough rapport and you and you have a relationship with me, you know that I call you out on stuff lovingly and respectfully and caringly. And you, some of you have had the privilege of having those kind of conversations with me. If you haven't had that conversation with me, I'm still being kind and nice to you and be like, oh, and I'm applauding you. Maylene has her master's degree of these conversations. And I remember this person came up to me and they, and, and they kind of, they were so, like, they felt like they arrived to a certain degree. They were like, man, I battled the devil, but I'm glad I'm, I was like, you 30 minutes late, man. He's like, man, we just got to be happy that I'm in church today. I said, I said, if that's where you're at, then Okay. I just, I just thought you were further along the line than that. And I said, if you want me to applaud that, if you want me to applaud that, I will. I'm glad you made it to church today. But can I tell you that we got to get over this thing? It's expected of us. Why? Because God expects more from you. It would be a detriment to my son if I didn't expect more from him. No, no, I still like when you do goo goo gaga and no one do do goo goo boo 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 boo. No, at one point, all right, bro, you gotta clean your own behind. We're not doing this no more. Why? Because I don't like him? Why? Because I wanna discourage him? No, but because I want him to develop. And when God starts telling you, hey man, I need you to start wiping your behind. He's not be saying that to you because he's angry at you. He's saying that to you because he says, hey, I need you to start being good, fertile soil. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Can we give God, I know we're having a good talk here today on Vision Builders Sunday. Matter of fact, we're going to use, cut this clip out and we're going to use it as a reel. It's going to go viral in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody.
I'm going to ask the worship team to come up here as we get ready to collect. I want to talk to you now about this fertile soil. I've been in this place of discouragement. I've been in the place of distraction. I've been in the place of doubt. I've been, some of us are like, I've been in all of them. Some of us have been in all of them. But most people, they live here. It's not that they don't catch the vision. They've caught the vision. It's not that they don't believe in it. They believe in it. It's that they can't manifest it because they're discouraged. That's how true it is. God just thundered right now. You see that? He heard me. He said, Amen. Because we're sitting in this place of discouragement. I want to give you the last one. It's fertile soil. Now watch this. It says, this seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as it had been planted. The seed that fell on the good soil represents honest, watch this, good-hearted people who hear God's word. By the way, every single kind of soil heard God's word. Every single one of them. It says they heard God's word. They heard God's word. They heard God's word. They heard God's word. I'm going like this because, because I had four props. It was going to be a be- more epic sermon, but it started raining, and then I had a flat tire and the thorns. <laughs> they heard God's word. They heard God's word. They heard God's word. They heard God's word. But here's the difference. Watch this. They all heard God's word. Everybody's hearing God's word right now. They all heard God's word. Listen to me. But it says that this, the difference between the fertile soil, what did it do? It said it clung to it. It actually accepted God's word, received God's word. And watch this. It clung to it. Oh, I'm not going to let no devil steal this from me. I'm not going to let the thorns tear this up from me. I'm going to cling on to I'm not going to let someone's lack of recognition deter me from taking the responsibility of the revelation that's already been given to me. I'm going to cling to it, but not only cling to it, watch this, patiently, wait. You patiently produce the harvest. You patiently produce the harvest. It's intentional though. See, this is what I describe about healing. Like healing could take you six years or it could take you six months depending how well you treat that injury. See, some of us are waiting to be healed by like happenstance. And you have to be intentional about your healing. You have to be intentional about receiving the healing that your soul needs. But you patiently wait, not patiently wait like, all right, whenever the Lord makes it happen, cuando le place a Dios. Cuando Cristo quiera. You cling to it. And you patiently wait. And if you feel like you're losing grip, you cling to it. Now the beautiful thing about it is that even your clinging, it doesn't, it doesn't depend on your clinging, but, but when you cling, God says, I'm going to hold on to you. Here's how I know everybody here is good soil. Here's how I know everybody here is fertile soil. As Pastor Marquez spoke about two weeks ago. What was the last week? Two weeks ago. I don't even know anymore. My memory was in the bun. He said God wrote on the ground. What did he do in the beginning of time when he wanted to make man? He made you out of good soil. And when we messed it up, he said, when the seed falls on the path, I became the path. Because I am the way. truth in the life. 
And when the seed fell on rocky soil, he said, I am the rock of your foundation. And when the seed fell on the thorns, he said, I would wear a crown of thorns. so that I could tell Paul what I said to him. My grace is enough. That's how I know everybody here is a good soul. That's who you are. That's where it's landing on today. Because he became the way. He became the rock. He took on the thorns so that he can bring back paradise. Let us make man in our own image. See, when the seed is deposited in your heart, the seed becomes the harvest. See, when you're fertile soil, not catching the vision you're becoming it you're becoming the vision it's manifesting in your life this is why when when Jesus is performing miracles miracle after miracle after miracle a bunch of disciples come after Jesus they get excited because he's performing miracles but the moment Jesus started preaching some of the hard stuff one of the saddest verses of the Bible is John chapter 6 verse 66 666 that's a weird one but but John chapter 6 verse 66 says and from this point on disciples many disciples walked away from him He's facing the crowd and he's seeing throngs of people that once followed him walk away from him. But he looks at those who were following him, Peter, James, John. And it's almost like in that moment, Jesus is sad and he goes, are you going to leave me too? Man, Peter's response, he says, master, where will we go? Only you have the word of life. Only you have what I need. See, Jesus wasn't just something addition to him. Jesus became his source of life. The vision becomes who you are. How could you just get distracted as who you are? I am the vision. And we're going to collect this offering. And, and, and I promise you, this, this is what the Holy Spirit shared with me. He said that when we give our offering towards the vision today, listen to me. Hey, he says we're going to give an offering to the vision. And here's what I, what I, what I, I felt like the Holy Spirit showed me. He says when we give this offering, there's going to be things that are going to break off of you that you've been praying for there's some thorns that have been crowding out the fruit in your life and I promise you it's going to be a breakthrough moment for you it has nothing to do with the amount of money that you're going to give that has please don't misread that in any way no one's selling a miracle here I'm just saying as an act of faith that as we are stepping into becoming the vision the moment we plant this like the moment we give our offering you're going to see certain things just break off of you so I'm going to ask you to stand up here for a moment and get your offering ready as our hosts come together and I believe here there's people today that need to be prayed for as well and so I'm going to ask our prayer counselors if you can join our host as well because here's what I want to happen tonight that as I make this call to bring up the offering that you would come also let me get this envelope 
This is your vision builder's offering envelope. And I want you to plant the seed there. There's also a scan code that you can, you can scan and you can give online. But I believe that God has given us a vision, church. He's given us a vision. And I believe that years from now, there will be people that are walking into this building, walking into a building that belongs to Christ's uncensored house of worship for the purposes of God. And we're going to remember these moments. We're going to remember these moments where we sowed, where we sowed in something we couldn't see, but we could see it. We couldn't see it just yet, but we could see it. That's vision. So I'm going to ask you to raise up your offering. If you're giving through your phone, raise up your phone. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God. Just raise up your phone. Father, we, I'm going to pray, and, as, and once I conclude prayer, we're going to go into worship, and you're going to come here, and you're going to deposit your offering. But also, if you're giving through your phone, I want you to just tap the basket as a form and a symbol of your giving. Father, we present our offering unto you towards the vision of this house. We thank you, Lord God, that you have shared your vision in the form of a seed. And we pray that today we be good, good ground for God's vision. So today, we give you our offering. And we thank you for receiving it. That in the same way you took the five loaves and the two fish, that you would take our offering to produce a harvest a hundredfold, more than we could ever do on our own. In Jesus' name we thank you. Amen. Would you just come with your offering right now?